of Joshua. And uh, we talked about how that last week about the thought of get ready. That's what I've really heard the Spirit of the Lord say, get ready. And uh, he told Joshua in Joshua chapter 3 that he said in the New King James Version, he said to the people, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. In the Amplified Version, it says it like this, and Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves, that is, separate yourselves for a special holy purpose. One translation says, consecrate yourself. For tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. And then Joshua 3.5 in the Contemporary English Version says, Joshua told the people, make yourselves acceptable to worship the Lord because he is going to do some amazing things for us. So the thought that I believe God has given to us is that what we do today is going to influence our tomorrow. How we deal with where we are right now, right at this very moment, the decisions that we make in our lives, the surrender that we do to the, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, all of that will determine what tomorrow looks like. Right now, we feel as people that at times that our tomorrow is being shaped by the government, our tomorrow is being shaped by the economy, that our tomorrow is being shaped by our family, that our tomorrow is being shaped by every other influence that's out there. But the truth is, God says that if you want me to do stuff in your tomorrow, then you need to make decisions today in your life to get yourself ready, to get yourselves ready. You know, sanctification is not a bad word. It's gotten a bad rap in the church, more because we have talked about the, the, the sanctification, that it's sanctification from sin. But that really is a, uh, that's a slight on what exactly sanctification is. Jesus taught us about sanctification in John 17, 17. And he said, Father, Sanctify them through the truth. Your word is the truth. Sanctification is being separated by what the word says, what the word of God says. So when we look at what scripture says, we find out and we find out what the truth is of what God has said. Then you and I make decisions in our lives that we either choose what God has said or we choose to go a different path. We could do what the enemy says, we could do what our carnal mind says, we could do what our circumstances say. But to be sanctified is that we have set ourselves to obey and to do what the Lord says to do. So it's not about, it's not about sin. See, that's what the enemy wants to do, is the enemy wants to reposture the thought and say, yeah, sanctification is about everything that you have to give up. Truthfully, sanctification is about everything you get. It's about everything you get. I want God in my tomorrow. Now the thing is, and, 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 and you and I, surely we can recognize this, that it would, it would be wrong for us to say, I'm not doing anything about my today, but I still expect God to take care of my tomorrows. That's no different than a person that says, I refuse to tithe, but I still want tithers' rights. Well, that doesn't happen. You get tithers' rights because you're a tither, an offering giver. That's a good preaching. 
Though, see, our expectation leads to a preparation in our lives. And we talked about this last week, how that your preparation is motivated by your expectation. And the, the, more, the, the, greater, the greater your expectation is, the higher your motivation is in preparation. I met with a couple. I'm getting ready to do their wedding here in a couple weeks. And, uh, you know, we're two weeks away, so we're coming down to the wire. And because expectations are so high, their preparation is really high right now. And if you don't watch out, of course, you know, in a, in, it's like in a ceremony like that, your preparation becomes so big that you're going to miss out on the fun of actually what you were expecting to have happen. It's kind of like Thanksgiving. You know, you work hard to pull Thanksgiving off with the family, but then you're exhausted and didn't get to enjoy it because all you did was cook food and spend all your time in the kitchen. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good right now. Oh man, you know the 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 I because because we were we were putting our expectations in the wrong place. But but the sincerity of our truthfully, the sincerity of our expectations determines our our commitment to our preparation in our lives. Sanctification is saying, look. God's got something for me. I want to be right there in the position to be able to receive it. I want to be in position to receive it. And it's such a powerful thing of what, and I shared a little bit with you about this last week. Um, it's such a powerful thing that the Lord is telling these guys to get themselves ready because they're, in our mindset, we think, well, what's the big deal? Uh, they're going into this land. They're going to go in and, take all this stuff. Well, remember that there's still giants in the land. There's still big walled cities, right? There's big fortresses. This is just basically a nomadic group of people that are just traveling around for 40 years. They've buried everybody that they know except Joshua and Caleb's, the only ones that are still around, and Moses. And then Moses is gone. Now you got Joshua as the leader. They're basically being told to go into the land. They've never had to do anything like this before. They have never had to fight a battle like this. They have never had to go in and, and deal with this kind of situation. They have not had to confront giants before. They've, I mean, God's telling them, you're going to go in and do all this, but what's got to, what needs to happen, if you're going to go in and possess this land, you've got to get yourselves ready right now for what I want to... And, and to do that, that means prepare yourself. Get the things out of, get things straightened out. Start doing the things you haven't been doing and stop doing the things that you know that have been pulling you away from me. I mean, they're going to go in and, and basically they're going to have to learn in this new promised land that God's giving to them. I mean, isn't it amazing? I mean, here God says, I've got just great blessing for you but you're going to have to work to get the blessing. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to go in and drive out the enemies. See, that's such a great lesson for us. See, I think at times we think, well, God's going to bless me, and that means that it's all going to fall into place. Well, it might all fall into place, but there may be some walls you've got to bust through to get it where it needs to be. He tells them, you're going to go into this promised land and you're going to have to face these giants. You're going to have to face adversaries. You're going to have to face deception. You're going to have to face your own, your own demons too. 
you know, they, it only took one battle, they got through, and the next battle that they were supposed to end, they were facing their own demons. Achan stole something out of a tent. He disobeyed God. See, that's where sanctification comes in. God told them what to do. He said, look, I'm going to bless you guys. I'm going to help you, but you need to follow the way that I'm telling you to do this. In that first battle at Jericho, God said, don't take nothing. It all goes to the kingdom. It all goes to my work. He said, then thereafter, you can do whatever, you can take whatever you want. But they, Achan went into that battle at Jericho and started looking at stuff. And he let his own demons, his own drive, his own selfishness circumvent the plan and will of God in his life. And now listen to me. And it robbed his whole family from what God wanted to do. It robbed his whole family. Sanctification, get yourself Get yourself ready. Get ready. It is in the atmosphere of expectancy that it becomes the breeding ground for the miracles that we expect. Whatever we're thinking could happen tomorrow, whatever we're believing for for tomorrow depends upon you and I. You say, well, that's a works gospel. No, it's not a works gospel. It is not a works gospel. Because we use faith. By faith we receive. But you cannot stand in, 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 in faith when your life is not consecrated to God. It's hard to be able to stay in that place in your life because what's going to happen is you're still too worldly. You're still too focused on the world system. You're still fo too focused on what the enemy is saying right now and what your circumstances are saying right now and what God needs us, why God tells us to to take care of ourselves. It is not God's job to sanctify us. You know, I love John Wesley and I love his teachings. And I, you know, he talked about the, the second work of grace that, uh, you know, of sanctification. I believe he was talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit personally. But there is a work of grace in our lives that we get into when we come to understand the truth about separating ourselves and sanctification from the things of this world, the power that comes through that. But it's not about sin, it's about going to something, not away from something. Let me say it like this. Marriage is better than living together. Amen. Because marriage is ordained by God. It's God's plan. Work is better than laziness because it's God's plan. You were created to work. I know that we all think like, well, someday I'll retire. You're still going to work. Because the day that you stop working and living your life for purpose is the day you're, you're getting close to death. You've lost all purpose for being here. When you feel that way, that, you know, everybody that I've been around that's lived long life, they had purpose all the way to the end, all the way to the end. And then they were gone. When you have lost all purpose and you feel useless and not wanted and don't want to be around anymore, that's when things are coming to a, to a close. God has a plan for our lives. And that plan entails you and I dealing with our today so He can work in our tomorrow. So He can work in our tomorrow. Your preparation is manifested in your expectation. How did you get yourself ready for 
today? How are you getting yourself ready for your tomorrow? I mean, you just listen to Dakota, the whole thing that he shared. You know, and, and you probably wouldn't maybe think of what God did was sanctify his thinking, but that's exactly what happened in that process. God reiterated to him that, okay, here's what you need to do. Here's how you need to think. This is the way you need to plan. And therefore, he now is ready for his tomorrow. When tomorrow comes, he's not surprised because he already got ready for it. Amen. So God has a plan, and you and I, we have to recognize that in that plan that he has, that he's telling us to get ourselves acceptable to worship him, to deal with our hearts, to deal with our minds, and uh, to put ourselves in a place. One thing I will bring up uh, today, is, uh, and I'll probably do this in the second service too, as we get closer to the Lord's return, as we get closer to the Lord's return, it will become more evident what the truth is and what the lie is. All right? What the truth is and what the lie is. And as that becomes, as, as that becomes more clear and evident to us, we're going to have to make a choice between good and evil. Between good and evil. You know, when you start thinking about the things that are going on in our world right now that are happening, we'll just talk about in the United States, that there is a real battle that is going on. But it's not a battle for you. The battle is for you to shut up. The real battle is to steal your children. And I'm not just talking about abortion. I'm just talking about to take, all your, to take your parental rights away from you. You know, Prop 3 that's coming up on the ballot, it's not a choice between being a Republican or a Democrat. It's a choice between good and evil. You either believe parents are called by God to raise their children, or you believe the government is called to raise their children. Prop 3 will take away parental rights that your 12-year-old daughter or granddaughter or great-granddaughter can go get an abortion and you cannot say anything about it and the school cannot report it, nor can the doctors tell you. You will have to get their permission to be able to know what their medical records are. You as a parent will lose that right. And look, listen, you know, we can argue, you know, the abortion thing is bad, is, is a horrible thing. But taking your parental rights away is even a more horrible thing. And here's how this is all going to come down. The enemy is going to try to intimidate you through people and through government so that you feel like you, you just have to just, you can't do anything about it. Well, there's a lot you can do about it. One is, is that you can pray. Two is you can get out and vote. You can get out and vote. And you need to look at these things. I mean, don't just believe it because I'm telling you. I, don't, I hope you don't do that. Just go search these things. Right now. So you need to investigate things. You know, they make a big deal about that, you know, that full-term pregnancy abortions. You know, that's 1%. So that hardly ever even happens. It's a horrible thing, I agree. 1% is too much. But don't let that become the issue with this Prop 3 thing. And if it's incest and rape, that's 1.5% for both of those. So we're making statements about, well, we need to permit it because of incest and rape. Well, listen, one 
0.5%. The vast majority of them are happening much later on, at least over 13 weeks of pregnancy. Are you all here? Can we not see that this is trying to take away our children from us? It's trying to rob... Because the such an important point for us to remember. The devil doesn't care about you. He cares about your seed. Because your seed is your future. I mean, we talk about offerings, man. Why do you think you get under all this pressure about tithes and offerings? Because that if He can stop you from tithing and giving your offerings and start putting your money into everything else but that, then what you're doing is you're basically, you've not planted your field. And if you don't plant your field, you get no harvest. And therefore, tomorrow you will have no bread. You'll have no bread. I am standing up for parental rights. I am not ashamed of that. You say, well, we're not supposed to talk about politics in church. Well, I don't really see that as a political issue. I see it as a choice between good and evil. And I am a guy that will always preach the difference between good and evil. Amen. And that's an evil thing. It is an evil thing to take away a parent's rights. I mean, if the school's trying to take away your rights, then you need to either stand up or get and let your voice be heard or pull your kids out of that school. Get them in a school where they can learn and, and, and you know, that's going to that's gonna teach the principles that you believe in your home. You should know what your children are learning. Right. Hallelujah. You know, the children of Israel died in the wilderness because they got intimidated. They got intimidated. Remember they went in and they were like looking at all, I mean, they, it was theirs. God would never have brought them to that place to go into that promised land if they couldn't, if He wasn't going to help them do it. They looked in that promised land and all they saw was giants and big walls. They talked about how good it could be, but they just realized they were so intimidated by what was ahead of them that it just absolutely overwhelmed them. Let me tell you that when the, God spoke to them again about going into the promised land, this is the children of those who had all died in the wilderness. Those people were just as intimidated about what was to come. But what they chose to do was to sanctify themselves and believe God over the circumstance. You and I, we wouldn't look at, we're like, well, you know, it's 40 years and God said they could go in. Well, it could have been another 40 years. They could have. You know, these guys, remember, this is what they're used to. The children of Israel that are getting ready, that are now going to go in the promised land, they're used to quail falling at their doorstep. They're used to picking up bread off the ground. They're used to water coming out of rocks. And God tells them, look, you're going to go in there. That's all stopping. You don't think they thought, well, it's better in the wilderness. Let's go back to being back in the camp. Let's go back where, where all we got to do is go out and harvest what God is sending to us. Instead of having to go into that promised land and, 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 and run these giants out of there, and the only way we're going to get what God wants us to have is we got to deal with the adversaries that are there. And listen, you know, you and I, and I, like I said, I got to move on, but you and I, we're only looking at the natural side of things we're not even looking at the territorial demons that were ruling in that promised land. They were everywhere. 
There is Moloch, and there, I mean, there are child sacrifice going on. They're burning their children in fires. This, there is such wickedness that is among the people. People get upset and say, well, why did, they, why did they have to destroy everything, even the animals? Because there was so much bestiality that was going on in, the, in that promised land. God said, listen, you can't have any of this stuff around because it will influence the people and will lead them down the wrong path. Get yourself acceptable. Get ready. Get yourself ready. Enlarge your capacity to receive. Enlarge your capacity to receive. We talked about this last week. Get yourself ready. Isaiah tells us, enlarge the place of your tent. you got to do this. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Then I'll bring it to this last point, and, and, and uh, we'll wrap up here this morning. We're just running out of time. But... Look, you have unlimited power of God for God's unlimited purpose for you. You have unlimited power for God's unlimited purpose for you. God made no small plans for your life. God has great plans for your life. He said, the thoughts I have for you are to increase you. I have thoughts of blessing you. Even in a tough economy, God will still bless you and take care of you. He will provide for you supernaturally. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to His power that is working in us as God's people. You have unlimited power for God's unlimited purpose for you. 1 Corinthians 2.9-10 says, As it is written, Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love them. Now listen, most believers stop right at that verse right there and go, well, we just can't know everything God has prepared. Well, you need to read the rest of the verses because he says, but God has revealed them to us. Through His Spirit, exactly, brother. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things, of God. Daniel 2, verses 20 through 22, it says this Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his, and he changes the times and the seasons. And if you write in your Bible, you need to underline that line because there is a seasonal time change that's about, I know we're getting near November and they do the time change, but there is a time and season that God is changing for your life. But if you're not ready for it, you're going to miss it. You'll still be acting like you're under the old season. It's a new season. Expected better amens on that. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with him. There is nothing catching God off guard about what's going on in our world right now. He already told us how to deal with all of this. Let's not bury our head in the sand. Let's get ourselves ready for what God wants to do in our tomorrow. He is ready. There is a breakthrough coming. And here's where I want to finish with this morning. If that breakthrough, if you believe in that breakthrough, I want to know what is your breakthrough prayer request that you have before the Lord. I was in a service one time and this pastor said, uh, that, or I might have been an evangelist, I can't remember, but he 
He said, how many of you are believing God for something big to happen? I mean really big. I mean really, really, really big. You're believing for something really big. Now listen, stop right now. Don't, don't think about it. If you got to think about what that really big thing is, then you're not believing for it. If you're saying, oh, what, oh, what is that my big, what is the big thing right now that I'm really, really, really just, you know, staying, that I believe this is where God has stamped breakthrough on that and said, this is coming, this is what's about to take place. What's my really, really big request that I'm putting before the Lord? You have to break through the disappointments of your past. You have to, you have to degrade the doubts of your present, and you got to get rid of the depression of an unknown future. Man, I love that. Break through the past disappointments. Sure, we all have them. I got tons of them. We could sit around and commiserate about how, oh, nobody's known the troubles I've seen. Nobody knows my sorrows. Oh my goodness, I've been through terrible things and bad childhood and poverty and abuse. And look, we could all tell our stories. And by the end of the day, we'll all be boo-hooing saying, I just pray, you know, some glad day when this life is over, I'm out of here and I won't have to deal with the sorrows of this world. But the truth is that what God is telling us, you got to break through. If you want to if you want God to break through in your tomorrow, you got to break through the disappointment of your past. You got to degrade the doubts of your present. You got to move those things and say, look, you will not have authority. These things, are the circumstances, the stuff that's going on, you're not winning. I'm not going to degrade you. You know what degrading? We talk about upgrading. We upgrade our faith, we downgrade our doubts. And the depression of an unknown future. So well, I don't, well, I don't, well, <clears throat> I don't have depression. I'm not depressed. Don't say that, because that's I'm that's an ouchy thing. Let me tell you something. The Bible says that it is anxiety in the heart that causes depression. That's in your Bible. It is anxiety, the anxiousness of a man's heart that causes depression. So let's just go ahead and put one and one together here. If you have anxiety, you got depression. And what you have anxiety about is not what has happened and not what is happening. You have anxiety over what could happen. Either I'm doing really good or you're not interested in this message. I can't tell right now. But whose responsibility is it to deal with anxiety? You know, the, the great deal, way God told us to deal with anxiety, it makes it real clear. I mean, it's truth. It's absolute truth. Philippians, be anxious for nothing, but in all things with prayer and supplication, make your requests made known unto God. Here's the thing. Now listen to me. You're responsible for your today. God is responsible for your tomorrow. You can't do anything about tomorrow except what you deal with in you today. Get yourself ready today and let God take care of your... 1 John 5, 14-15. Now this is the confidence, boldness, outspokenness that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us, and if we know He hears us, 
Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. We have it. We, I said we have it. It means, I look, I'm expecting it. It's coming. I, if I don't see it in my tomorrow, I'll see it in the next tomorrow, but I'm going to keep being ready for it to come. Amen. I'm going to be ready. I'm not waiting until the last minute to get ready. I'm ready. I am ready today. Who's responsible for that? You are. So what's your big, what's your big? I know some of you have been thinking, right? Oh, pay off my house. Uh, uh, um, all my kids. Yeah, oh, that's a good one. Um, uh, complete health. How about all of them? How about all the, how about some really big? You say, well, oh, now, Pastor, that's, that's too much. That's too much. Yeah, you're not going to Santa Claus. You're going to God, okay? <laughs> Nothing's too much. He's too much. <laughs> He's too much, right? When he revealed himself to Abraham and he said, I am El Shaddai. Do you, know what, do, you, do you know what that means? I mean, it means that I am Almighty. But see, we, we wouldn't even know in our language, Almighty wouldn't carry the same connotation that it would have to Abraham when he said, I'm El Shaddai. What he was saying to El Shaddai is, I am more than enough. So whatever it is that needs to happen, I'm more and at that point, that's when Abraham was really close to his miracle, was when he saw God as El Shaddai. What it, what it means, if you really dig into the idea of El Shaddai, it's this. I'm the God that wrote the rules, and I'm the God can do whatever I want to do, even if it goes contrary to the rules. Can God defy the law of gravity? But he wrote that rule. But he can defy it if he wants, right? He can, he can make that happen. Can he, you know, he, here's a guy, he's preaching in one town to, to an Ethiopian, and the next thing he knows, he's in another town. Well, that can't happen. Well, doesn't matter whether your understanding of travel is, is that you have to go from point A to point B. What God says is, if I want you at B, I'll get you at B when I want you there. I don't care how far apart A and B are. Well, I, 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 I don't know, Pastor. I, I mean, does God really do that? What do you think wonders are? Wonders are things that you stand there and go, huh. Wonders are like when we drove home from Mexico in Sharon's little Mustang too, man, and we it started acting up, and we're standing out in the out in the rest area, laying hands on our vehicle and saying, "In the name of Jesus, we command you to start working right," because we didn't have the money to be able to get it fixed, and so we we're just and we didn't know what to do, and we were miles and miles away from home, and we say, "In Jesus' name, you will." run you will run and all of a sudden we she started it up and the thing started going and look we didn't know what was going on and we really didn't care all we wanted it was to run we get home to marietta ohio and and sharon's dad says we'll take it down here to schaefer's ohio and they'll take a look at it we pull that vehicle in there i kid you not we pull it in there and the guy starts working on the engine and he comes out to me and he says Listen, I don't know how you did this. I don't know how this has happened because this doesn't, it, 
everything I understand about mechanics and auto mechanics, there is no way this can happen. But inside, in the old cars, they had distributors and they had a rotator that would go in there and that's where the spark would fly off. He said the rotator is completely busted off inside there. There's no way the spark could jump from plug to plug. But I want to tell you that we got the best gas mileage we ever got out of that vehicle whenever that miracle had happened. And you know what we did afterwards? We went, huh? Really? Wow. That's my God. I mean, that's my God. Wow. When was the last time you just stood back and said, wow, that's God. That's God. What's your big thing, man? What is it? What is that big thing? Let me have our prayer team up here. Um, and uh, love to, we're going to pray in just a minute. But uh, just go ahead. If you're on that prayer group, just come on up here and uh, line up at the altar if you would. And look, whatever that is that you're believing for, I always believe in the power of agreement. Now, I don't tell everybody everything I'm believing for, um, but there are certain people I do tell. People that I know are going to take it serious and pray and stand in faith with me. Amen? Hopefully by now you thought about what your big thing is. What's the big thing? What are you going to get ready for for tomorrow? What would you like to see there happen? And you say, well, Pastor, that absolutely looks impossible. Well, let me tell you what you do with the word when anything looks impossible. Just stamp God on top of it. Just stamp, just stamp on top of it. I was in, when I was in prayer this last week and I was talking to the Lord about this, uh, he gave me a couple of things just to throw at you. I almost forgot about this. In a breakthrough, impossible is made possible. The ridiculous becomes reality. The natural course becomes God-breathed and supernatural. Say, well, it just looks ridiculous. I don't know how in the world that could ever happen. It don't matter how it happened. Amen? up at the with a distributor cap and a rotator and say, while I was praying and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, come over here, because he did this with different people in the Bible, and said, come over here and help this couple. Uh, they're missionaries and they don't have the money to fix their vehicle and they just have enough for gas. And I want you to fix their vehicle for them and put a new rotator and distributor cap on there because they need it. Why didn't he do it that way? I don't know. Who cares? Who cares? Now that would have been supernatural even if a guy showed up there. Maybe it was so that when we got to that gas station, we could witness to that mechanic who had never seen anything like that happen in his life. And we could tell him that God is real and God does supernatural things and God will work the he'll take ridiculous things and make them miraculous. Can you say amen? So look, whatever you're believing, you say, well, I've talked to people before about what I'm believing. I don't want to... Look, stop making excuses and get ready. God's already in your tomorrow waiting. He's already there because He's timeless. Come on. He's timeless. Amen. He is not limited. And you know tomorrow's coming. So let's have God in it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a good hand, would you? Go ahead.